G'day punters, welcome to this week's episode of Bet With Brilliance, the punting preview for uh, Friday night. We've got the William Reed Stakes being run at Mooney Valley over the 1,200 metres. And on Saturdays, obviously, the Golden Slipper at Rose Hill. And then, uh, like we mentioned on the preview, bit of chalk and cheese because in Victoria, we've got the Mornington Cup at Mornington joining me as always, is one very happy man. Almost don't want to introduce him for the jersey that he's wearing. It's the Sydney analyst and writer for Brilliance Racing, Jared Fish. How are you? G'day, Jack, mate. Um, yeah, absolutely stoked after the Mighty Eels got the win for me just then. Doing this uh, podcast quite late on a Thursday night, but what a performance that was from the boys. Um, the only downside of it was didn't didn't see any... Um, any stoppage in the rain there and uh, the Bankwest Stadium is probably about five minutes away from Rose Hill Garden. So, yeah, it's going to be a very wet track on the weekend if it does go ahead, but hopefully they do and we'll be able to watch those five group ones. Yeah, well, you said something uh, You said something earlier today in our Brilliance Racing chat, our group chat, that the track manager for Rose Hill believes there won't be any issue and, and the track's drying quite well. Yeah, well, he, he um, said it was currently a soft seven this morning and that he predicted about 30, 30 millimetres of rain today. I think they got about 40 or 50. But, um, yeah, he's quite positive about the work they've done there and the drainage they've got. So I guess we really just need probably a couple of hours break there between tomorrow and Saturday. But, um, yeah, no, they're quite confident. So all, all us as punters can do is uh, have our fingers crossed and hope for the best. Yeah, absolutely right, mate. Uh, you mentioned a bit of the weather there for Rose Hill. For Mooney Valley on uh, the Friday night, looking at around a good four, maybe even a good three. There's no rain predicted for the Mooney Ponds area. And then looking at Mornington for Saturday, and I'm just bringing up the forecast because I believe it's a good four at the moment and there's no rain actually predicted. Yeah, that's right. So we'll get a, a good four or a good three, something like that on Saturday at Mornington. Uh, doing this one, like you said, Fish, late on a Thursday night, we've got a lot of double acceptors, which is going to make life a little bit difficult for us. So uh, don't hold us to anything here, punters, with what we're tipping going into the weekend because, I mean, like everyone else, we're just we're working with double acceptors and obviously not knowing where stables are wanting to put their runners. Uh, get straight into the first, will we fish? The William Reed on Friday night, Mooney Valley. Yeah, mate, crack and race the twelve hundred meters there at Mooney Valley. Um, as per uh, usual, there's plenty of plenty of pace in the twelve hundred meter race of the valley with um, trainers of their leaders and on pace horses wanting to get a start in the race. Um, Top of the market, you've got Libertini coming from Sydney. Uh, interestingly enough, Tommy Berry's gone down there for only two rides tomorrow night. So um, that, that's an interesting one that punters should definitely have a look at. Um, then you've got uh, Ancestry's in there, which also nominated for Saturday. Hey, Doc, the top weight. But, um, yeah, I landed on Libertini, mate, for my selection in the race. I just feel like... She's the best horse in the race, and the good track's definitely her go. She's got a good first up record, um, loves a good track, and Tommy Berry down there for two rides. I just feel like off a hot speed, she'll get every chance. 
Um, the forgive horse for me is September run. We all know how good she can be on her best days. And then I've got a little bit of a low affair with uh, Mask Crusader. So I, I tried tried very hard today to find a reason why he could win this race. I thought, I think he's been absolutely flying this preparation. First up win was unreal. Second up, he went to the Canterbury Stakes over 1,300. And uh, I thought he finished off that race like he was looking for further. So going to Mooney Valley in a 1,200-meter race tells me that they're going to race in the TJ Smith later on. But I think he'll put up a good fight tomorrow night. But, yeah, Libertini on top for me. Yeah, well, I'm looking at the race, I mean, uh, from a speed map point of view, I think Indian Pacific from gate 14 is definitely going to go forward and look to lead. I think his best figures uh, of recent times show that he'll lead this field up if he runs anywhere near those figures. Uh, if Ancestry runs, which I'm, I'm of the opinion, even though... Michael Poy, who's the regular jockey for Ancestry, has been booked for Friday night. I sort of think that he's going to go to Mornington on Saturday in the Hariba Stakes for an easy kill, but we'll get to that later. Uh, Ancestry will push forward along with Pippi from Gate 8. Portland Sky has drawn Gate 1 and Haydock Gate 5. I think they'll be in the next pair there. Uh, Swats that in the lead straight behind them and then the rest of the field battling it out out the back. When I looked at the race, mate, I've actually put a pen straight through... Mask Crusader, September Run, Libertini and Brooklyn Hustle. The reason for that is where they are in the map, uh, unless they're ridden upside down, from where they are in the map there, they're going to need either the outside rail at Mooney Valley to be on fire or they'll need all the luck in the world to get a hole and they'll have to be trucking up in behind this field to attack the line and, and get through and get over the top. Uh, I've gone with a horse that he's at double figures at the moment with Ladbrokes uh, is the toppy, Hey Doc. He was first up in the Bob Hoisted where he carried a massive 63 kilos and was beaten six over six lengths. And, I mean, any horse carrying 63 kilo, I think, especially first up, they're sort of entitled to do that. Something about the setup for this suggests to me that they're setting him to fire second up. Uh, from the track, he's had seven starts, four wins. Uh, he's won two of three this track and distance and seven starts uh, second up for three wins in a second. Looking at the speed map, if the likes of Pippi Ancestry and Indian Pacific get stuck in this real speed battle, I don't, I don't see that they will, but I'm also wondering where they are at different stages in their prep, like Indian Pacific's had a couple of hard runs. Pippi's first up. Ancestry needs to control the race to really go on and win. And we saw that last weekend. Uh, so I think you could find those three fading in the straight. And Haydock's going to be the first horse there. He's going to, I think he's going to be powering through and he's going to be the first one to really have a pounce at them. Uh I've gone with with Haydock on top. I think Portland Sky's a sneaky chance, but uh, going up in the match, uh, the weights massively from his last start, he'll get the favours of the map. But I've gone with Haydock on top there. Like I said, I've had to put a pen through uh, through Mask Crusader, September Run, Libertini, and Brooklyn Hustle just from the map. Yeah, it's a good point you make about the map because um, on our review podcast a few days ago, we 
we mentioned that Mooney Valley last Saturday was certainly playing uh, playing the inside lanes and a bit of leader bias there. So it, it does make it interesting going into this meeting and um, certainly looking forward to watching the William Reed. But, yeah, so Libertini for me. And, um, yeah, so do you want to move into Sydney now, mate? Yep, head over to Sydney. What's the first one we're looking at there, mate? First race in Sydney is the uh, Rose Hill Guineas, three-year-old group one over the 2,000 metres. Um, here to shock, the Eleonora, Luna Fox, Wheelhouse will be the horses on the pace. A couple of interesting runners here coming out of the 1,600-metre Ranwick Guineas. Moanga, Lions Raw, Montefilia. They're the um, three horses that I've sort of mapped out as potential winners. Moanga, I think, is absolutely flying this preparation for Tommy Berry and Annabelle Neesham. He came third in the CS Hayes, where he was three wide the trip. Then was second in the round with Guineas with absolutely no luck at all, just getting out very late. He's only had one race on a heavy, which was his maiden at the Gold Coast, where he got the win. So you can't really say that he's raced on a heavy track before. And then Lions Raw. Uh, he's only had the one heavy start as well, which was on debut. Abdullah and O'Shea, he's carrying the same weight as he did in that um, win in the rim with Guineas. So you certainly believe that he can um, he can put up a big fight there. And the other horse that's, I think, is a bit of a star in the – or going to be a star soon, Montefilia. She just needed the run first up, absolutely needed it. And she's, she uh, won a 2,000-metre group one last preparation, so – I think coming in here, second up, she's um, definitely one to look at as well. How did you see it, mate? Yeah, I've found Montefilia on on top here. Uh, got wins at the track and trip, respectively. Uh, one on a heavy deck previously as well. Drop ki- drops two kilos from her last run and keeps Jason Collard above board. I believe that's going to be a positive. Uh, you mentioned about needing the run last start, and she did have solid sectionals, uh, even though she'd sort of stumbled around the 600-metre mark from the looks there. She might have caught a hoof mark clean or something like that and, and stumbled there. Uh, I think it'll be a really tough watch because she's going to be back in the map and going to be running at them late and having the last crack if she gets there. Uh, but I think there's a lot in her favour and that low weight and, and being second up, really needing that run first up, I think they're in, in her favour to get the win on Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. And she's had a, a win on a heavy track and also a placing in her other starter on a heavy track. So I certainly think she's a big chance and the market's definitely found her. She's firming in a little bit. I would have liked a little bit more uh, odds for Moanga, but yeah, from a punting perspective for me, the last start of Moanga, I just thought that's two in a row. That's two fantastic runs in a row. I'm going to jump on third up and I'm you know, nothing's going to change my mind. Barrier two, probably not ideal. However, I think there's going to be enough pace there with Healy Shock's a bit of a runaway leader. And then Lions Raw will come over from the outside. Yeah, I'm, I'm, it'll be interesting to see how the Roseville track plays early because um, wet track like that could be playing into leaders' hands as well. But certainly Moanga on top for me for sure in that one. Yep, absolutely. Uh, might have skipped over one here. Sorry, punters. I'm going to take a step back because this is a race that's going to be really interesting on the card is is race for the Group 1 Ranvit Stakes. Uh, this one over the 2,000 metres as well, the Wait for Age Staying Test. 
Uh, Adib's your favourite at around $1.90. Very elegant, $2.10. Master of Wine, $9.50. And then Natoya and Prince for Waz, just making up numbers. Uh, looks a two-horse race, Fish, and I think we're both going to agree that we've got very elegant on top. Yeah, absolutely, mate. I know it's obviously easy when you're an Aussie to find very elegant on top of a day, but if we put them together, they're very similar horses and very elegant's come back a stronger horse this preparation. And then you just you take one look at the very elegant's third up here today and Dave's first up. So for me, I think you can you can back the queen of the turf and and take the two dollars oh five cents over the top of a Dave who's a dollar ninety. It'll be a pretty special effort for a Dave to come in and win this first up, I believe. Yeah, that's a really good point that you make because I went through the form guide and he's never run on a heavy deck first up. I mean, he he does appreciate the wet ground. Uh, but even when you look at his trip to the Australian Shores last year, uh, when he won the Ranford, it was, what, it was a soft five. So uh, then he got to the heavy eight in the, the Queen Elizabeth and got the win there. Uh, I just, yeah, I think... I think two things are going to happen on Saturday. Not only will Very Elegant beat him, but that I think the first run for the prep on a heavy deck, I reckon it could cast him for the prep. And I think that heading towards, if it's a Queen Elizabeth or wherever he uh, is planned to go by uh, William Haggis, uh, I think it could almost ruin him for the entire prep, which is a little bit sad to see, but uh, not for Very Elegant fans like us. Oh, for sure. And, uh, yeah... First up on a heavy 15 is never a good idea for uh, any, any horse. However, a Dave needs to run. I mean, they've come out here to target some races. And that's the other thing. This isn't a grand final for a Dave. This is a fit, not a fitness run, but, you know, this isn't a targeted race. This is one on the map where they go, we need to get this win and probably target in the Queen Elizabeth. So I just think the sheer fitness of Very Elegant is going to be um, handy for her. I wouldn't completely write off Master of Wine because I, I liked – uh, the first up effort there, but it certainly looks a two-horse race and you're definitely going to take the uh, higher odds there for sure and take the Australian. Yeah, totally agree. Moving forward, mate, we'll get into race six. Uh, another group one, obviously a massive day at Rose Hill is the wait for age George Ryder Stakes over the 1,500 metres. Uh, Punters, looking at the market, you've got Funstar around 390. Big A, he's back, uh, 440. Colding is at 460. And then it's double figures of the rest. Having a look at a bit of a speed map here once I can get that up for us. Uh, looking at Samadat and Dreamforce going forward, Colding and Funstar might make up the second pairing there. I uh, think Dallasan and Dawn Passage from the widest gates are going to go forward uh, and Junipal might get dragged in there. Uh, Gemsong, Avilius and Cascadian are going to go back by the looks of it. Uh, I have, and it was to the shock of a mate of mine uh, when I said it yesterday, I've landed with Avilius on top. I thought his first up run there, and it was in the Chipping Norton, was absolutely massive. When he came off heels of Very Elegant, I thought he was just about going to go past uh, Very Elegant and Colette and win, but he was obviously found out by two fitter mares on the day. Uh, second up record is great loves a heavy deck too so that's not a problem neither is the distance I think Nash was the key last start with a great ride great strong ride 
uh, on Avilius there, uh, and he's staying on. I think he can get back to winning form on Saturday. Uh, last prep, people sort of write him off and throw him in the bin saying he's no good He wasn't because he wasn't winning. But he was running just about as fast as he could. And I think it was just the fact that he didn't really see a really wet track, but now he's got one. Yeah, 100%. And I think, I think one, you're right, and two, I think the market's absolutely spot on with this race. I really like the chances of Avelius and Funstar at the bottom there. Uh, like you said, Avelius loomed to win that Shipping Norton Stakes first up. Um, he was right in the finish. You mentioned the booking of Nash, Nash sticking on. He rode the horse fantastic last start and just being such a strong, strong rider might be might be a massive plus for Avelius, I think, coming down the outside as well. Great second up record, great heavy track record, and this looked like a definite targeted race. 59 kilos might be a little bit against him, but I think he's got the ability to win, and, and the market suggests that he's five into three dollars eighty. Um, the other one's Funstar, who, yeah, well, I wish we were still getting around the five dollars for Funstar, but her run in the Apollo was a, a big pass mark, and then she went to the Chipping Norton, which was quite good. Um, she probably was actually not in the superior part of the track that day, and still managed to finish within a length of some very good horses. So she's certainly going very good. Tommy Berry and Chris Waller, um, and I think the sixteen hundred meters back to a fifteen hundred on a heavy whatever you want to call it, because it's going to be a heavy 10 if they race. Looks a massive tick to me as well. So I had written down here on a punting perspective that I was going to take the better odds of the two, but they're almost identical at the moment. And I'd have to go with uh, Avelius just based on that last run alone. Well, mate, I'm going to talk you into backing Avelius right now because having a lot you, – you mentioned about the market having it right, and I think – you're right in the sense that punters have started to latch on to Avilius. have got $5 into around the $4.20 mark. Funstar hasn't won for nearly a year. Yes, she loves a heavy track, but she's not been winning. And, I mean, before her run in the Chipping Norton, she was just about in the chair. Like, I don't think she was going to go absolutely anywhere. $4 for Calding is a joke. He's never won on a heavy deck. Same as Dreamforce. He's only got a third from two starts. And then you go through the rest of the guide. Gem Song, never won on a heavy deck. Cascading, never won, heavy deck. Thorn Passage, never won. Junipal, one win, but he's first up. And he's not a first up horse. I think the market's got it horribly wrong. I can see Avilis getting towards $3 and maybe closer to two fifty. And I think right now he's easily the better of the program, maybe the better of the weekend. I can't see how they beat him. Fun stars, almost no good. He put in a great run last start, but who knows why or how that's happened. Uh, Carling, Dreamforce, Gem Song, no chance. It's just a villis. Yeah, I like what you're saying, mate. And when the fields come out on Wednesday, Avilius was sitting there at about $6. And I nearly jumped into it then and I waited and Sportsbet's uh, got him up at $3.80 now. So... Yeah, I think the market's right. And it's funny what the weather gods can do to a couple of those horses that you think can't put up a show in a race like this. But, yeah, like Gem Song's third up after having a 500-day break before this preparation. So, you know, him going out there on a bottomless track like this, I can't 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 picture him turning the table and having a good run over the top of Avelius and Funstar. The two runaway leaders, they look like they probably need another run to pinch a race like this. So... 
yeah, I think we we take the Avilius and Funstar and probably take the, take the bet on Avilius like you are, mate. Sounds good. Take the early price, take the late price. The only thing that is going to be quite disappointing for this race is that if and I believe when Avilius wins, the the experts are come out are going to come out and say, well, he's beaten nothing, and that'll be that'll be fairly true. Um, but I think he gets the win on Saturday, no problem. Looking forward, mate, this is the big race of the day. It is the Group 1 Long Jeans Golden Slipper for the two-year-olds over 1,200 metres. I'll take you through the market here. Your favourite is Profiteer around 360. Uh, the Sydney side is staying inside, 480. Four moves ahead, $5. My boy Artorius is at 11. O President, 12. Ingratiating, 17. Animo and Home Affairs, 18. And then you can have $30 and longer the rest. Bringing up the speed map here, one thing that we know is going to happen is that Profiteer is going to go forward. Uh, listening as well from gate seven will look to push forward. Uh, I think from the widest gate or one of the wider gates, uh, 15, Shaquero is going to have to look for that on the pace run where he likes it, but he could find that difficult with O President and four moves ahead, even home affairs drawn inside him. Uh, stay inside, ingratiating, swift witness, captivant could make up the midfield. Uh, and then we all know that the likes of Animo and Notorious are going to drop straight out to the back. Uh, we did, you did a runner by runner on this one, Fish. Uh, so I'll let you kick us off. What have you got on top? Because you know what I'm about to say. Yeah, for sure. Um, one thing we know with these golden slippers with two year old horses is that there's a, a massive pace on, there's a high tempo. Um, and the other thing to note is the Rose Hill 1200 is very different to the Ramwick 1200. So no matter what anyone says, it definitely uh, favours the horses that will be in the top five or six, five or six horses around the bend. Um, I went with the Friedman horse, stay inside, out of barrier three. I was there the day that he raced uh, in the Piero play at Ramwick on a wet track that day. And I can't get that image out of my head of stay inside just, Stalking the lead, coming around and just going, bam. McDonald had the whip up in the air with 100 to go, waving to the crowd. And I just think he's he's pretty much drawn to do exactly the same here because Profiteer will shoot out and lead, like you said. Stay inside, will get a card into the race with home affairs. And I feel like he'll probably sit maybe second, at worst, third pair back. Um, but, yeah, big fan of staying inside. The other horse I liked was four moves ahead, the filly which realistically I feel like she's the only filly in the race capable of uh, upsetting the male horses here. Um, she had a big debut win on a heavy truck over 1,150 metres. Then she had some um, issues. I think one was a temperature issue and maybe maybe a leg issue as well where she missed a fair bit of work. Then she's come out in the sweet embrace on a soft six, very entitled to tie late, having that little break between runs. She knuckled down to win. Interestingly, after the race, John Sargent said that she was only 80% fit and she's got massive improvement to come before Golden Super Day. So if you believe what he's saying and there's improvement there, you get a very strong front-running jockey on in Nashville Willa. I think four moves ahead is a massive chance. And the overs in the race for me is Mallory. Um, I just think she's this race is sort of timed up perfect for her. I think she's a bit of a sleeper there. And if they overdo it in front, from her draw, I think she's proven that 1,200 is fine. And I think she can be the one that 
has a little bit of a crack late at big odds of 41. So they're the three horses that I, I think are winning chances as well as um, the obvious one, Profiteer. The numbers that he puts up are just second to none for a two-year-old. So if he can run the 1,200 metres, then, um, yeah, he can certainly win the race as well. Run us through your, your uh, horses, mate. Uh, for me, I've gone with Artorius on top. Like I said before, my boy at eleven dollars uh, gave him a chance in the Blue Diamond, uh, made him my danger uh, bet for the day, and he got the win, as we all know. Looking at the map and his gate, it sets up perfectly for him. Uh, he could get to the. In theory, I mean, we're thinking about this sort of two days out. I can see a scenario where he gets out onto the best part of the track, which will be closer to the outside rail. And we've seen in his wins, there was his uh, win at uh, the hillside track at, at Sandown uh, where he put in a massive, massive run to win. And then, uh, as we all know, that the, the turn of foot he showed in the Blue Diamond at Caulfield was massive. Uh, again, I think it'll be a really tough watch if you do back him and he, he is going to, to challenge for the win. Uh, but I'll stick with him after the Blue Diamond. It'll just be an amazing story if he wins because he didn't go through the normal Blue Diamond uh, preludes and previews going towards it. Uh, he had a 1,300-metre run at Sandown, belted the field that he was running against, came out, showed that turn of foot at Caulfield and got the win. Uh, very few, if any, horses have done the, the Blue Diamond and slip a double. Uh He'll have to handle the heavy track and it will be bottomless. So as long as he doesn't get bogged with 400 metres to go, if he gets to a, 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 a better outside part of the track there, I think he's got the turn of foot to, to get past these. And they could be, you know, they could be going up and down in the last 100 metres. Yeah, when you put a bunch of two-year-olds like this, 16 of them, if they all race, which you'd assume they would, they're just going to naturally go even quicker than what they usually do. So... You make a good point, and I certainly like all three of those horses: Artorius, Ingratiating, and Animo. The ones that I've said will be at, be at coming from the rear, but I just feel like the setup setup at Rose Hill certainly doesn't favour horses coming from the back. But if they do overdo it and the track is playing out wide, um, come race seven, then I certainly believe Artorius is a big chance. Yeah, and interestingly, he was one of the ones that had to nominate late for the race, so. He's probably been one of those ones that's surprised the trainer and surprised the owners a little bit, but how exciting for them to have a horse in the $3.5 million slipper. Yeah, that's exactly right. And if he wins, if he does get the win on Saturday, it'll be the last we see of him. He'll go straight to start. He will be worth an absolute fortune. So that will be upsetting in itself because as much as I don't, as like I've been on here and I've said that they're backing a horse who goes back and, and comes home late. That's a low percentage play, but it's, God, it's good to watch and you'd love to see it. Yeah, absolutely, for sure. I do love horses that, that do that. And, um, yeah, it's certainly going to be an exciting race on the weekend and I can't, can't wait for it myself. So I've just got my fingers crossed that the rain stays away and um, we, get, we get to see that race on Saturday. That's it. My mind goes back to, I was there, uh, I believe it was... 2018 Golden Slipper Day at Rose Hill when it was an absolute bottomless track. Uh, too close to, uh, sorry, the Autumn Sun won the Rose Hill Guineas. Uh, the Great Winks, she won the George Ryder. And then Kai Michi at 30s just 
absolutely railed the punters and won the slipper. And I just thought, oh, this sucks. Um, <laughs> and it, this, this race just reeks of that. Something could just at 30s could lob and you go, I hate racing. Um, but we'll move on, mate. We will digress because race eight is a red hot race as well. Uh, the group one galaxy over the 1100 meters. Your favorite at the moment is Talia. Uh, $5 for Hawkbury on her. Wild Ruler off a very impressive first start win is $6.50. Eduardo, after taking down Nature Strip, $7, along with the absolute mudlark, Jungle Edge. Uh, Fabagino, Dirty Works, Flintex, double figures for those. Speed map for this one is going to be an abs- It's going to be chaos, to be honest. Uh, Eduardo, Hawkbury on her. The Odyssey, who's coming out of the widest gate, they'll go forward. We know that Jungle Edge likes to lead. So does Fabagino. Uh, Wild Rule is happy to take that sit, but whether he gets it or not, who knows? Uh, from gate three, Bella Bella likes to go forward too, but you've got Dirty Work and Fiesta, uh, even Splintex and Easy Eddie, who are going to be a little bit further back in the field. I went looking for something here, Fish, uh, and I think I'm onto something as well because. Uh, the group two, the challenge states that I mentioned of Eduardo beat Nature Strip, those two horses both broke the track record on that day. And we know that it was dead set nearly affirmed too. Like it was fast that day. Uh, a horse that ran third in that race is the nine here. And she's, you can have 30s for her to win and you get brilliant odds for her to place as well. Uh, she was only beaten 3.9 lengths was Bella Bella. She's had two starts on a heavy deck for a win and a second. The rail could be off on Saturday and this just may not be the place to be where she's going to go. But with the same token, jockeys might stay away from it early and it could almost be the best part of the ground getting towards the last races of the day. I think she'd be up on the pace. Uh, coming out of a really fast run race in that challenge stakes. And if there's just this absolute, it's, it's just madness, really, this speed back early. Uh, if there's a real speed battle up there with the likes of Eduardo, the Odyssey, Jungle Edge, uh, Bella Bella could be the first to have a crack at him in the late stages of the race. And she might she might run a really big race at, at, uh, at odds with Jason Collette and 53 and a half kilos. How did you see it? I like what you've done there, mate. And I also like how you mentioned that the inside of the track might be off. I reckon the whole track's going to be off. It's going to be a <laughs> absolute heavy 15, like I said. But, um, yeah, you look at the speed map and this race is shaping up to be dead set just to grind it out a fair and which horse is going to be able to hang on, really, for the – they're going to be going at a frantic pace and on a bog track. A few of them are going to tie late, so which horse can hang on best. Interesting thing about Eduardo is – um, his first up record, I mean, race there at, uh, was it the Lightning Stakes, was it? Where he um, broke the track record with Nature Strip. That was unbelievable. They, they like you said, put lengths on the field. And then if you dive into his form, he, he looks like he's a bit more of a wet tracker than he is a, on a good track. So to do that on a firm too, he might be able to go back to a heavy track and double up. You know, he's going to get an extra 100 metres there. Um, and, yeah, I can see him running a good race. Uh, but it's hard to go past Talia, the Godolphin horse down the bottom. There's been a lot of market support early as well. 
she's never missed the Cornella in eight starts, four starts on a heavy track for three wins in a second. Rachel King's her regular rider, and she's going to hop on at 51 kilos. Of a pace like this, like you said, if you're looking for that horse that can probably tough it out and go go well, then you're probably going to be looking at Talia with 51 on a back, I'd say. Um, so Talia on top for me. Um, I've already said what I've said about Eduardo. I've got a few messages today off uh, a couple of fair few mates saying, oh, Jungle Edge, sure thing, wet track, you know. Jungle Edge is a 10-year-old gelding now. Obviously, absolutely loves a wet track, but how could you dive into a 10-year-old gelding out of Barrier 12 in a race like this against Eduardo, Talier and stuff like that? You just can't. So I'm taking that. I'm not even looking at Jungle Edge. I'm taking out of the equation, but um, I certainly like the chances of Eduardo, Talier and probably the other one that I like in there is Horbury on her. But if you want to go value, I think you're on the money with Bella Bella. She... Always races a puts in a good race, so yeah, it's like you said, very interesting, very interesting race. Yeah, hundred percent. Look, what I'll take you back to, mate, was on the eleventh of July at Caulfield. It says heavy eight in the form guide, but it was a heavy seventy-two uh, over eleven hundred meters. He was first. He's actually freshened up off thirty-five days. And Matt Hill said, "You're never too old. You're just too lazy." Jungle Edge got the win there. And it was with Jay DeRose in the saddle. It could seriously just be a case of that. He's only got 54 and a half on his back. I mean, you're right. He's tough to back, but he's a duck. Like, he grows another leg. He's had 19 starts on a heavy track for eight wins, three seconds and three thirds. He is 10 and he is tough to back. But, geez, you'd, if he won, you'd be filthy because if you've not had a cent on him, you sit there and you go, how haven't I? Yeah, look, if you're riding up a trifecta ticket or you're having a quaddy, you're just you're getting that you're getting that ticket out and you're just ticking number four because she's gonna put in a or he's gonna put in a, a very good effort there and getting perfect conditions to suit. Um, I think that Jade DeRose knows the horse well, so yeah, yeah. Certainly a good one. But I mean, I'd be looking at hopefully getting twelve or thirteen dollars at Jungle Edge in a race like this, especially when you got Eduardo coming off here off a, a track record over a thousand meters, ready to go again, second up with Nashi on. But um, yeah, it's another one of those races where you, you can stick your stick your penny anywhere and be happy with what you got. So it's gonna be one of those ones where you back something, sit back on the weekend, and hope that your horse toughs it out. I'm actually gonna have. I reckon I'm a chance of just having some fun with some mystery trifectas on Saturday at Rose Hill and just see what lobs and and have some fun that way. But um, it's certainly a wide open affair. What we're going to do, mate, we're going to venture south now uh, to the chalk of the racing on Saturday. We've just been at the cheese. It's uh, the, the card at, at Rose Hill. We're going to go to Mornington. Race six is the Mornington Guineas. Some say in the same caliber of races, the Rose Hill Guineas. This is for three-year-olds with set weights plus penalties. Your favourite is Dom to shoot with Will Pike aboard coming out of the Australian Guineas. Cumberbatch uh, off a last start win on the second line of betting at $6. Let's crack a deal uh, for the Mar Eustace camp at $6. Uh, Vidiano at $8. Black Pen, $9.50 and double figures the rest. Having a look at this one, mate, Lofty Star and uh, Let's Crack a Deal will go forward. I'd say from gate 11, Dom to shoot's going to push up into the second pairing. Uh, Black Pen could be there as well. Cumberbatch, Starlight Scope. So 
uh, they'll have a bit to do to sort themselves out. Um, and then the rest of the field who's quite long in the odds, the likes of a Bree, uh, So Let's Toast will be going back. Uh, I mentioned the Ma Eustace runner on top. Uh, sorry, the Ma Eustace runner in Let's Crack a Deal. And he's the one that I've found on top. Uh, he's one first up and he's one at a mile. It's important to note for punters that the track at Mornington isn't any type of standard track whatsoever. The second last turn uh, before they come to the last before the straight is quite sharp and it's almost just like a – I don't even know how to describe it. You just sort of glide into the home straight in a sense there. It's, it's quite an odd-shaped track. Go and have a look at it and you'll know what I'm talking about. My theory for the day is that the inside lanes and horses up on the pace are going to be heavily, heavily biased. And from the map, that's where Let's Crack a Deal is going to be. So I think from gate three, he'll get a really good run in transit. Uh, he'll turn first into that uh, that second last sort of a straight there and then uh, should be the first one into the home straight. And I think he'll take a lot of catching from there. Uh, I'm sort of putting a pen through Dom to shoot. Uh, from the Australian Guineas, sort of didn't show me enough to think he would win a race coming, especially going up to 58 and a half, oh, 58 kilo. Uh, Cumberbatch's last start win was really only because Anavisto missed the start majorly. Um, and then these other horses are coming out of maidens uh, throughout the country, no, throughout uh, Victoria, sorry. Uh, so I think let's crack a deal at $6 is a great bet. What did you think there, Fish? I think we both agreed that this race doesn't look too strong on paper. So I dove into the form and tried to find a little bit of value because like you said, dumb to shoot three or 40 favorite. looks a bit of a, looks a bit of a false favorite, to be honest. Um, I found black pen on top. Um, he's coming here off a four length win at Pakenham and he still looked a little bit, it's, it is a maiden. It is a big jumping grade, but he did look very green in that race. And um, when, um, uh, who rode him? Damien Thornton asked for asked him for it. it. Took him a little bit, little while to get going, but when he did, he extended very well, and he just put lengths on him to win by three point eight lengths was the official number. So I certainly think he's going to have some improvement coming into this race, and I think he's found a, a winnable race. Um, I had Dom to shoot down as the danger purely on when you compare the races that these other horses are coming through, and then you go to Dom to shoot. It's coming through the CSAs and then the um, oh, I forget what race that was, but yeah, she's he's just got um much better form lines basically from the races he's been racing in, and Willie Pike knows the horse, so but yeah, I'm, I'm going with Black Pen on top at nine dollars and three for a place. I think if we get eight starters on Saturday, which we will, uh, that'll be my each way play. Yeah, it's a good point that you mentioned about Dom to shoot, uh, the form guide. I mean, over 1400 meters, but it reads three and a half lengths off Tagaloa, and you think if he runs anywhere near that. He should be beating this field. Uh, I just think that uh, from the map, he could be doing a lot of work to get into a into a position on the track. And then, uh, like I said, he just didn't really quite show me enough last start to suggest that he could go and 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 win a race full stop. Really, uh, so that's where I found. Uh, let's crack a deal. But I mean, in Mornington, they can throw up some really odd results. So. I remember someone saying, uh, joking that 
he was Flemington in the streets and Mornington in the sheets. He's no good. So it's not a great track uh, and it can do some weird stuff. But I'm hoping Let's Crack a Deal gets a result for us there, punters. Uh, moving forward, it's the feature race of the entire weekend, really. Let's not beat around the bush. It's the Mornington Cup over 2,400 metres. Uh, this is an open race. Mount Pop is your favourite. Uh, a favourite of the fish at four, at, sorry, at two dollars eighty. Uh, favourite of mine, the Fibrillate at six fifty. Irish Flame is on your next line of betting at seven dollars. Chapada nine and Nonconformist, uh, both coming out of the Australian Cup. Um, and then you can have double figures. The rest, the likes of Lord Belvedere, Aussie Nuggets, Bianca's, and the rest. Speed map for this one, fish. We know that Irish Flame is going to look to press forward. Mount Popper and Yonkers from inside gates might look to go forward a bit as well. Nonconformist and Chapada, I think, as well, uh, from two of the outside gates will go forward. And then uh, Aussie Nugget, Defibrillate, Skelm, I don't need to tell you that they'll go backwards in, or they'll look to go back from the gate. My tip on top is one, again, for a, what would be a really good story uh, from the weekend a horse trained at Mornington, which is a massive advantage for him, I believe, going into this race. I think from gate three, he'll get the rails run, which could be a real advantage up on the pace at Mornington. He might be uh, – oh, sorry. I'm looking, at, I'm looking at let's crack a deal there. Sorry, punters. It's bloody late at night here. It's almost 10.30. Uh, Mornington trained, big advantage. He was brave last start, almost winning, and that was – Last weekend at morning at Mooney Valley, there's nothing to suggest he won't get the 2,400 metres though. Even though this is his first trip, at first go at the trip. Uh, the trainer of him, uh, Brett Scott, I believe it's the trainer, is actually uh, battling cancer at the moment. Uh, if it's not the trainer, it's one of the owners, and I know plenty of people last weekend were willing him over the line against Persan. I've got Irish Flame on top. Uh, I think it would just not only would be would it be an incredible story, but he put in a massive run last start to get the win, uh, or to to run second there to to Persan, who obviously went on to run in the Melbourne Cup. But it'd be an amazing story if, if Irish Flame got the win for, like I said, I believe it's the trainer who's having some health issues. Um, that's yeah, that's who I found, mate. What have you? What do you think? Yeah, mate, that would be good to see uh, Irish Flame get the win there for trainer Brett Scott. Uh, that would be fantastic. I've landed on Mount Popper, which um, I've tipped a few times for Brilliance Racing, but he's on his way to the uh, Caulfield Cup. And I just loved his run last start, which was his first go on a good track. And he, um, it was an interesting one for me to watch because I didn't really know if he was going to handle it, considering he never raced on it, but he certainly did, and he ran very well. And um, that day was... A month between runs, 1,600 to 2,000 metres. So now he's getting a three-week break going up to 2,400. I just think it all sort of lines into another win for him. Uh, he's the sort of horse that loves to be in behind the speed there. And I think out of his draw, one of Yonkers and Irish Flame will be in front. And it just Mount Popper can relax that little bit. He'll be sitting in the perfect spot in mind stalking. Yonkers is a horse that I've got a lot of time for. Um, and if you have a look over the form guide, he's the horse with the distance tick. Four starts at 2,400 and never missed the placing. So 
in big races like this, long distance races, that's a massive one because you know it's it's very easy to tire in a long race like that. And to 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 consistently put numbers up like that, it's very good. And yeah, he's going to be uh, leading around the bend, I believe, with a lot of upside. He's coming off a win with Hugh Bowman there in Sydney over two thousand. And Defibrillate, uh, massive fan of Defibrillate, as are you. Uh, the only negative I can find for Defibrillate is that he's probably getting very late into the preparation. He's going 1,600, 1,700, 2,000, back to 1,800, 2,000 and 2,000, and now going to 2,400. I just think that the other horses have a lot more upside, and whereas Defibrillate, I think this will have to be it. So, yeah, but um, very keen on Mount Popper on top of it. At the odds of two dollars eighty. Yeah, the the point that you made about Fibrillate is being on. I love him as a horse. I think he's. I mean, obviously, I get sucked into his racing style, and I've I've been on him every win this prep. So four in a row, I've had a great time with him. The original plan for Fibrillate was always the Mornington Cup, is my understanding of it. That was until he won four in a row, and Patrick Payne's gone. Oh shit, we can get into the Australian Cup. Got the Australian Cup. Uh, I think he's an eighteen hundred meter to two thousand meter horse. Uh, the the prime example of that was his uh, winning the uh, the Victoria Cup. Uh, it was the Mornington Cup prelude. Sorry, it was over the two thousand meters, and he's just been able to nose out uh, San Roberto. He had to flash home late in that one to get the win. Carrying the 59 kilos is no help. And I think another big indicator of where he's at in his prep is that Billy Egan isn't riding him. It's, it's Michael D. And that's no, that's not to take anything away from Michael Dean. I'm sure he doesn't give a rat's ass about my opinion. But uh, obviously, Billy Egan's been on him every ride through to the Australian Cup. For whatever reason, he's jumped off. I just see that as a negative. He's, I just don't think he's there to win. Uh, I think he can put Big line three, non-conformist. He's shown absolutely nothing. He was leading into the Australian Cup. He was spoken about as one of the favourites. Lord Belvedere probably needs a couple of runs to get fit. And Aussie Nugget couldn't even win the Canberra Cup in Canberra last start. So I don't think he can win this at all. Uh, Mount Popper will be very hard to beat, but I think... I just think Irish Flame, that'd be an incredible story. And if he runs anywhere near his, uh, his person run last start, um, I think he can take this one out. Sounds good, mate. Man, Popper looks to be the favourite and uh, Irish Flame will be the good, good story of the day if uh, he can get the job done. So, yeah, certainly another interesting race and another race that I'm looking forward to. 100%. We'll move into the last one, Fish, before we go through our $100 betting strategy the weekend you're going to cover city sydney and i'm going to cover melbourne uh the last race we're looking at punters is the hariba stakes over 1200 meters your favorite at the moment is ancestry uh serious suspect and brooklyn hustle uh so ancestry and brooklyn hustle have both been double nominated or dual accepted for the william reed and for the hariba stakes uh so serious suspect and brooklyn hustle at seven dollars felicia's eight dollars how well mantic and Laver Rod, who's got absolutely none, $9.50 and double figures the rest. Looking at a speed map, uh, Serious Suspect and Felicia will push forward. I think that from gate one, Ancestry will get control of this race. 
how well Mantic and Laver Rod will be up there as well. And Fish, I just don't care what the rest of these horses do because Ancestry, if he runs in this race, he wins by a long way. His run last start in the Able Stakes, and that was before the rain came at the Valley last weekend, was dominant. He was eased up uh, to the line. Eats up the 1,200 metres. He's had eight starts, five wins. Good deck, absolutely no dramas, 50% strike rate. My, we were speaking about this before we came on air here, and we're concerned that Michael Foy, who's the normal jockey for Ancestry, has been booked to ride him. If he rides in, if he runs in the William Reed, and it's Luke Nolan on Saturday if he runs at Mornington. But I said to you, I've, I've got a sneaking suspicion that they might go for the easy kill on Saturday at Mornington. And I think if he goes to Mornington, he is the moral of the day on Saturday. I'll tell you now that my $100 is on the nose of him. Early price, late price, doesn't matter. If it's, if it's over a dollar I want in making money punters, they won't beat him. They won't get anywhere near him. I like it, mate. You throwing the moral word out or? Yeah, oh, mate, he's, he's, he's up there with Avilius as one of the bets of the day. Like, he is – they won't beat him. You look at the form guide, serious suspect is the, uh, the next one in the – the line of betting uh, was beaten two lengths in a in a new market, and that was just an absolute minefield. Like the first four paid a fortune. Not to take anything away from Zutori, put in a, a great race, but that was just weird. Brooklyn Hustle's almost a non-winner. Felicia's got little first up record, but never seen the track. I mean, that's the, that goes the same for, for Ancestry. He's only seen it once. Uh, Laver Rod has got absolutely none, and that's because I've tipped him probably the last two starts. But how well Mantic was three lengths off in a, in an Oakley plate, I just don't you, – actually, you know what will happen here, and I've just seen a horse in, in this field that stung me last time I threw around the M word. I'm telling you, at $21, when I declared as a cat to win, I reckon I'm telling you could lob to win this, but like I said – that, like that's what's going to happen now that I've declared ancestry immoral. I've got him on top. What do you think? Yeah, I've got two horses in the race that I was keen on. Um, I've actually got serious suspect on top just because I thought his run in the uh, new market was a, a pretty good effort. And uh, if you have a look at his statistics, he's definitely not a first up horse. The new market was two months after his latest start, so he had a two month break. Uh, like I said, I thought it was a pass mark in the new market, and I think second up, um, twelve hundred meters in a race like this, he can certainly um, put some pressure on the favourite. Ancestry is the real deal; there's no doubt about it. Uh, I just think two dollars seventy is a bit short. He is drawn perfectly in Barrier One to lead, um, and yeah, like you said about the Mornington tracks, probably not not the worst place to be. Um, the jockey change is an interesting one, but. I haven't really had a good look. I don't know if Michael Poy's at the track on Saturday or what the story is there, but Luke Nolan certainly is a very capable jockey. Um, but, yeah, I think I'm going to take the $7 on Serious Suspect. The only other horse in the race that I thought could probably cause a bit of damage is Felicia, who's she's certainly raced in some pretty big races over her career as well. So first up, 1,200 metres, maybe not. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I like the chances of Serious Suspect here. Yeah, Michael Poy, I'm just looking through the form guide. Michael Poy is not booked to, 
to have a ride at Mornington on Saturday, so it could be a bit of a day off for him, which sucks because he's going to miss out on winning uh, another race on Ancestry. Um, but that just means that Luke Nolan gets another one on the board. I don't see how they're going to beat him. I can see where you're coming from with Serious Suspect, but going up a couple of kilos from, from last start uh, and could could find it really difficult to get a, uh, a good run on the pace where uh, he'd like it uh, coming from from gate six there because it's quite a short distance from the 1,200-metre start into that sort of that first bend, that big back bend at Mornington there. Um, I just think as long as – if Ancestry pings the gates like he did last start and he's a length ahead of them with 100 metres – like. 100 metres through the race, then turn the telly off, go and buy a beer, make a coffee, whatever you do on punters, just come back in a few minutes and the money will be in your account. He'll have won. Sounds good, mate. Jackie's having a fill-up on Ancestry, boys. $100 on the nose. That's the better of the day, you reckon? Yep. So that's what, like I said, that's the betting strategy for me. Ancestry, $100, straight up the snout. He'll win for you there. Like I said, take the early price, take the late price. Well, he's already even this evening. He was uh, he was around the two dollars seventy five mark into around two sixty. So maybe people are starting to to see that he's going to be running on Saturday. I don't really know, um, but I just think that he's not going to get the the run in the William Reed the way that he would want it to win, and. Yeah, like I said, I've just got a sneaking suspicion that the the connections are going to go for the easy win on Saturday. Ancestry is my bet of the day. How? What are you doing with your 100 fish? Where are you going? Yeah, my $100 betting strategy is going to be over two races, uh, a couple of different bets. I'm, I'm working a 50 on Avelius in the George Rider Stakes at $4.20. I just feel like the, um, the quality of horses that Avelius has been racing against, or did first up anyway, they're out of the race now. They're going to a different event. So I think $50 on it, $4.20 for Avelius. Um, and then I'm having a $50 play on the Golden Slipper, 30 to win, stay inside, 480 And I'm going 20 on the Ruffy Mallory for a place, $10. So yeah, a couple of different plays there. But if one comes off, we profit. And if three come off, we're going on holiday. <laughs> I like it. I also like that I've talked to you into Avelius because you're a little, you sounded a little bit grey when we went through went through the race, but now you've come to your senses, you've realised that he's going to be racing against absolutely nothing and he's going to beat that bunch. Uh, so I really like it there from you, Fish. Uh, that's about all I've got for me. Have you got any other bets on the weekend that you like, mate? I don't mind a horse in race three. Um, Volpine coming out of barrier one, 1,200 metres. She's a leader and she's drawn one, like I said. Um, four heavy starts and never missed a placing. And we're getting $9 and three for a play. So I think you can have an each way play there. The only other one is there's a horse racing around New South Wales called King Gutho. And if you can find that horse in the form board anywhere this weekend, oh, no. jump on no matter what the price is because uh, the Mighty Eels are back. Oh, no. <laughs> That's about all, mate. That's all for me. Oh, geez. I really wasn't expecting that to come up. And it's, it's hurt, punters. Oh, dear. All right. Well, enough of that absolute shite because there's one I've seen on the card at Mooney Valley, punters. And, oh, look, it's another big call and it could bite me 
but I don't think it will. Race eight at Mooney Valley. Uh, the favourite is number nine, Marabi. Uh, uh, made a win of six lengths. Went to a class one at the Valley over 1,200 metres, one by seven length. In really good time, a minute 10, both runs. So that time in itself, if you go and look at the, uh, the William Reid, I go and have a look at, say, a 1,200-metre run for September run when she won the Coolmore stud. She did that in a 1.9. So Maribi, Marabi is not far off the likes of these Group 1 sprinters already. But forty, I think that every bet you have on the weekend, as long as Marabi runs tomorrow night at Mooney Valley, I think throw Marabi into every single bet and just get a little bit of added value. Um, I don't think it's one where you need to worry about uh, if she if she wins, it'll just be a fact that that she's won at nine o'clock on, on Friday night, and then happy punting on Saturday because she'll just add a bit of value to everything there. Sounds good to me, mate. Yeah, I've seen that horse race before, and certainly looks very impressive and has a big future. So, yeah, I think you're on the money there. So, fingers crossed that the Marabi gets the start there, and fingers crossed that Ancestry goes to Mornington because he's going to put on an absolute sprinting clinic. Uh, that's all from me, punters, and I think from the fish as well. Uh, as always, if you've got any feedback, send it through to us. We definitely want to hear it. Uh, go to Instagram and Facebook for Brilliance Racing. You see uh, Fish's runner-by-runner preview of the Golden Slipper on Saturday, and there'll also be the punting previews from myself for Mornington and Fish for Rose Hill. Uh, sure, Nick Lloyd will be doing uh, – where are they – Gold Coast, Eagle Farm, it'll be. Uh, uh, Lloyd will be doing Eagle Farm for Saturday. He'll be licking some wounds after the storm went down tonight. But uh, that's all from us, partners. Thank you again for joining us. And we'll be back on Monday to review all the action from the weekend. Bet up, fill up, give Ancestry wings, and let's go and have some fun. Sounds good, mate. Cheers.